I want winners. I want people that want to win. You play to win the game. You don't play to just play it. You got to put your money where your mouth is, Pete. It's not gambling advice. Thursday, January 12th, and welcome to Not Gambling Advice, sponsored by Prize Picks. Use code Just Baseball or code Just Gridiron when you download for a full instant deposit match. In this episode, it is NFL Wild Card Weekend. I have my guy Colby Olson, and of course, just me. We're tag teaming this one. Not too many vo- outside voices. Just the guys who have been here since the beginning and had a great year. I personally, 71 and 50 against the spread, winning at a 59% rate. We ended the regular season up 15.65 units. Colby, your record was a little bit closer to the mean, but your overall units were great. You've been deploying two unit guys. You've been on underdogs on the money line. So you're actually above that unit size. You've had a great year. Welcome back to the show. Let's talk NFL wildcard best bets, props. And then at the end of this episode, we will do our NFL playoff bracket. How are you doing, my friend? I'm doing well, man. I, I think it's uh it's an interesting slate because last week was so tough. Week 18, there's a lot of injuries. There's a lot of people resting players. There's teams that aren't fighting for anything, whether it's they're not making the playoffs or they've already clinched a playoff spot. And you would think going into wildcard weekend that, you know, it's going to be a battle of really good teams now. And it's not exactly the case. We have two spreads that are at nine and a half right now. We have another spread that's at minus 13, that Bills-Dolphins game. It's like there are some pretty gross matchups on the board still. There is absolutely gross matchups on the board. And this is kind of a tough terrain, right? Because especially first weekend of the playoffs, the books are going to do their best to give out the sharpest lines as possible. So, for example, me, I have a parlay in this episode, which I never have but it's about getting those number one seeds, getting a pick that I like later in order to hedge out. Plus, I have my favorite pick as well. I know you have three best bets. You've been great in the totals. You've been great on underdogs. And then, of course, we're going to get into our props at the end of the episode and then our full playoff bracket where we're going to have some arguments. We don't necessarily agree, but we're going to come together to create our perfect bracket. So we're going to make some concessions, but ultimately we're going to try and do our best. So... We had a great regular season, but this is a new week, 0-0 record. Of course, we're going to keep it with our same record, but think about it as 0-0. Colby, I want to start with you. What is your first pick of NFL wildcard weekend? Yeah, let's start with what I think could be one of the best games of the weekend outside of the Monday night football matchup, which we're not going to talk about on this episode. We'll wait till Monday to talk about the Cowboys-Bucks game. The Giants-Vikings game is going to be a thriller, I think. Um, it's a it's a pretty high total. It's the highest total on the board right now at 48. But I'm not going to lean on the total here. I'm going to go Giants plus three. Um, and it's an interesting game because I think throughout the year, the Giants were a sexy pick. And you would have been right a lot on the Giants this year, especially early in the year, hitting some big spreads with them just to quantify Um, that real quick 13 and four against the spread them and the Bengals were the best team against the spread this season so they should be coming to the playoffs as a sexy pick in this spot right but then you have the Vikings and the Vikings had an amazing record but really didn't play as well as that record showed and you would think that people would be all over that, meaning they would be all over the Giants. But that's not what we're seeing right now. Um, If you look at, you know, VEASAN, for example, right? 
43% of bets right now on the Giants spread at plus three, but 51% of the handle. And there are a, there's a good amount of handle on the, the Giants money line as well, 57% of the handle. But over on Pickett, there's a ton of Vikings handle on the money line. Um, but outside of the where the money's at, I, I I think it's pretty even across the board here. I just like the Giants because I don't believe that Kirk Cousins is the guy I want to put my money on this week. So just looking at it from a QBR perspective, which I think is a, you know, it's not perfect, but it's the best we have, I think, in encompassing a quarterback's full array of skills, right? Kirk Cousins this year, 49.8 QBR. That ranks 23rd in all of football. That's below guys like Andy Dalton, Kenny Pickett, and even Justin Fields. I mean, that's crazy, right? Justin Jefferson almost broke the receiving record this year. He almost broke 2,000 yards. And you would think that Kirk Cousins would have would have had an amazing season, but he hasn't. Daniel Jones, on the other hand, is looking like he's in line for a pretty big contract this offseason. And QBR loves him. 60.7. That's seventh in the NFL. That's above guys like Joe Burrow, Justin Herbert, and Dak Prescott, right? I think that we're going to see a high-scoring game. I'm not going to lean on the total here. I like the Giants. And I think that the Giants' defense has the advantage, too. Minnesota gives up the third most yards per play in the NFL. They're giving up the fourth most points per game allowed in the NFL. And if you go back to the last Giants-Vikings game, Vikings won by three. That's a push in this scenario. I think the Giants win, but I think it's a very safe pick because of that three. Um, And I also think Saquon Barkley can gash this Vikings defense. So I'm I'm going to go Giants plus three, and I think I'm going to put a half unit on Giants money line as well. I like it. I think if you're going to go with the Giants, I think the money line is the way to go. My only reason that I'm staying away is I think this line is perfect. That's, I'm just not seeing value on each side because I like to, of course, make my lines and then see how it um, adjusts the line. Sometimes I'm way off and I have to make my own adjustments. And sometimes I feel like I'm pretty spot on. And I make this line three because the home field advantage is important. But at the same time, you want to get Daniel Jones on the road. He's been a much better quarterback on the road this season versus at home. But again, Kirk Cousins at home is at his best as well. But this is a standalone game. While it may not be a primetime game, Kirk Cousins, you definitely should be fading him in primetime. But this one is that little gray area. This just feels like if you're going to go with the Vikings, I wouldn't really go with the spread here. I would parlay them, get them in a money line with something else rather than the Giants. Would you consider, Colby, if you like the Giants at three, I don't. You haven't given us any teasers this week, uh, really, this entire year. I think you're just going straight with the Giants' money line because if we're looking at defenses, the Giants' defense hasn't been great, but it's been a little bit better lately while the Vikings' defense has fallen off a cliff here. We saw Daniel Jones be able to move the ball a lot. We saw Saquon be able to run the ball a lot. This feels like the Giants are going to keep it close, but at three, I just see no value. That's where I'm at. But I will have a pick on the total at the end of this episode with my parlay. But Colby, anything else that you want to add before I move on to my favorite pick? No, I think I think it's pretty plain and simple. Just to touch on the teaser point. I, I don't like teasers because you you lose a lot of the value on teasers. Um, but I do like the double up in this scenario, right? With maybe like however you want to frame it, whether it's a unit on Giants plus three with a half unit on the money line or two units on the plus three with a unit on the money line, whatever you want to do. That's what I'm going to do in this scenario. I just trust this Giants team more than I trust the Vikings. I think that's very fair. So my first pick of the wildcard weekend is also on Sunday, and it's the game that follows that 
Giants versus Vikings game. I'm going to go with the Ravens plus nine. So right now there's a lot of eight and a halfs in the market, but on Caesars, on WinBet, and on Bet Rivers, you can find a plus nine. And I do think there's a strong possibility that all the markets adjust to plus nine. But here's what I see in this game. First off, bet percentages money percentages you think the big favorites and the 49ers and the bills are big public big public favorites the bengals at minus eight and a half minus nine 90 percent of bets is on the bengals money line 83 percent of bets 84 percent of the handle is on the bengals spread this is a division game late in the season and these two teams just played each other where the bengals won by 11 with anthony brown having three turnovers and one of those turnovers led to a bengal score so there's a lot of variance there let's say the bengals don't get that touchdown off a turnover which is one of those plays that you can't often you know calculate this game looks a lot closer than it did. And that was with Anthony Brown. So right now, I feel like the market has over-adjusted to Lamar Jackson, probably not playing, but we are getting good news from Tyler Huntley that he is limited in practice and it's currently up in the air. That's why you see the line going up. But I make this line eight and a half even with Anthony Brown. So when it got to nine, I had to jump on it. The Ravens, since they added Roquan Smith, one of the top two rushing defenses I have the better head coach it's a divisional game and the Bengals while they do have a very good team if they aren't able to run the ball with T Higgins also banged up in this matchup they might only have Jamar Chase the Ravens have the better defense they have the better head coach there's the familiarity there where they just got embarrassed losing by 11 with the worst performance possible from their quarterback. If it's Tyler Huntley, this line should be closer to seven. So I'm seeing two points of value. And then who knows if Lamar Jackson plays, this could be the sharpest play because if he does play, it could go down to four and a half. I'm not expecting that at all, but I am expecting Tyler Huntley to play. The public is all over the Bengals in the Sunday night primetime game. This feels like the Ravens may not win the game when we do our playoff bracket. I think I'm going to go with the Bengals to win the game. But at nine at that key number, it is just overinflated too much for me to not go with the Ravens. Curious what you think. Yeah, Pete, I think this game is less about Tyler Huntley and more about this Ravens defense and also the shortcomings that that the Bengals are dealing with right now in their offensive line. Um, You know, Joe Burrow when he's being pressured a ton is going to have some struggles to score. And and this is how this Ravens team stays in games. I mean, I think the thing with Tyler Huntley is, you know, he isn't a good quarterback, right? The most points he scored this season is 17 against the Atlanta Falcons. Right. So I think if, if Tyler Huntley can put up 13, 16 points on the board here, I think the, the Ravens defense can keep the Bengals under 24. Right. Um, also to note, Pete, I'm seeing DraftKings right now at plus nine and a half, minus right. one ten. So that's actually that helps your case. Um, it makes sense. There's a ton of money coming in on the Bengals. I also think that as the hours go on, Lamar Jackson's chance of playing in this game continue to wane. I don't think he ever had a chance to begin with, but the market is gonna adjust a little bit to that. Um, but yeah, I think if you can grab this at plus nine and a half or plus ten. It's a no-brainer to me. 
It's an absolute no-brainer. I actually thought I was grabbing the tip of the market at nine and a half, but as we see, lines are moving. So my official pick, make sure to follow us on Picket. That's Colby. I'm Peter. You can find our usernames in the episode description. The app is completely free to download. So I might cash out of that nine in order to get the nine and a half, but I like it still so much at nine that I might just keep the nine and then bet it again at nine and a half. I just think that this game is going to be closer to seven or eight. And I even think that they can keep this rather close, especially with teasers. Um, it is going to be the most public side. And I think that the Ravens defense might be the best unit on the field. Now that they with T Higgins banged up offensive line issues for the Bengals and how good that this Ravens defense have been. If you take away that turnover, this is a 20 to 16 game. And that's what I feel like it could end on, especially with the yeah. over being so public, but yeah. yet it is crashed down from 44 to 40 and a half. You take a big underdog with a low total in a division game where I know the Bengals have had that crazy year last year where they went to the Super Bowl, but the Ravens have been here, done that in terms of being in the playoffs. I feel like that um, the defense, the head coach, the comfortability of being in the playoffs with the Ravens will at least keep this game close. So right now I have it at nine. If you can get it at nine and a half, I'm probably going to bet it again because I do really like this side. All right, let's get to your second favorite pick of the weekend. Yeah. All right. This is one that you don't like, and I already know that. Um, so we're going to get right into it because I really like it. Um, from a value perspective, we talked before about my pick with the Giants, how you know you don't really see the value with the plus three. I, I like the money line as well. This is a money line pick for me. I'm going Jaguars. You can grab it at plus 125. I think I grabbed it at plus 120 last night. Um, so it's actually moved away from the Jaguars, which is interesting. More money coming in on the Chargers. The ton of money pouring in on this Chargers money line. Um, and the reason I love this pick is I love the, the Jaguars all year this year, but Trevor Lawrence has really, really grown as a quarterback. Um, but I'm also picking the Jaguars here because of coach. I trust Doug Peterson in this spot more than I trust Brandon Staley. We've seen Brandon Staley, you know, fumble away big games time and time again. Um, and I think this is a big moment for both Trevor Lawrence and Justin Herbert making their first playoff starts. Um, but Trevor Lawrence has been amazing as of late, Pete. Over his last nine games, he has 15 touchdowns to two interceptions. He's protected the football. He makes plays out of the pocket. Um, he's really, you know, as the season has gone on, he, he's got a connection with Christian Kirk and Zay Jones, and this offense is just churning. The other thing I love is that the Chargers are giving up the most yards per carry against them this season. ETN is going to have a day. Trevor Lawrence is going to have opportunities to um, create plays off play action. I think they're going to get a lot of deep shots. I see this game being very high scoring. And um, I think Trevor Lawrence has the, the ability to put up 30 plus points in this game and come away with a win. Um, and I have this game at even literally yeah. even. So if you're giving me plus plus one twenty five, I'm taking that value all day long. I agree with you. This is why I am in a conundrum. I still have Chargers Super Bowl tickets out, uh, future tickets from before the season. I think that this Chargers team is kind of like the Phillies or the Padres in um, in baseball. 
Like this team might just be built for the playoffs because it's hard to find a better quarterback than Justin Herbert. The defense, I kind of throw it out the window last week with the Broncos. Like over the past four games, this has been a top 10 defense against the pass and the run. This defense has greatly improved and especially getting Joey Bosa back. I feel like that's why the line moved. So I see value on the Jags, but at the same time, I have such a hard time betting against Justin Herbert because in my mind, I just cannot see him losing. But again, this is a Jaguars team and led by Trevor Lawrence, who's never had a playoff game before, but at the same time, neither has Justin Herbert. So this game is just too tough for me to handicap. I don't see, you know, I have my Chargers tickets, but I see value on the Jags. This game is just too close for comfort for me. If I if you put a gun to my head, I would take the Jags plus the two and a half because I, you know the Chargers they can win this game by one, they can win this game by two. That is well within reaches for this Chargers team on a game winning field goal, and they are one of those teams that goes for two and they screw up the score. But I always have Justin Herbert at the end. Whoever has the ball last, I think wins this game. That's why it's just impossible for me to handicap. But I think it's going to be a great game, and I'm going to have a player prop in this game because you mentioned something about the running backs. I actually have a crazier stat for you that actually lines up very well with a running back for the Jaguars where I'm going to be on one of his totals. Um, anything else any... on this game before we move on? To yeah, my a couple, a couple things, a couple things. Well, one is a prop talk that I just want to talk about, bring up now. It's not a prop that I'll be on, but Trevor Lawrence is up on prize picks on the interception board, which I think is very, very sketchy. Um, because like I said, he hasn't thrown interceptions. He's thrown two interceptions in his last nine games. There's no reason for him to be up on this board, which makes me believe that he might throw a pick. I also don't think that – I think that's fine. I think there's going to be a ton of throwing in this game. Um, opinion on the the total as well, I do like the over. I think this is going to be a very, very high-scoring game. I think it could you know approach 60 points. Like I said, I think both teams have the ability to score um, – you know, close to 30 points in this game. I think you're right on there. Uh, so my second pick is a parlay. And you guys know I rarely do parlays, but I think there is some merit to why I'm on this one. So in the last eight games for number one seeds, they're seven and one against the spread and seven and one straight up. So normally you see number one seeds get out of their games. And we see that the 49ers against the Seattle Seahawks and the Buffalo Bills against the Miami Dolphins. First, Geno Smith. I've said it on this podcast before and I'll say it again and I still believe it. I'm not taking into account Geno's games, you know, against the Rams and against the Jets. Like those two teams are just as bad as possible. And the Rams even kept it close and the Jets, they just couldn't score. It's not like Geno had this great game. It was more on the backs of Kenneth Walker. The 49ers have owned the Seattle Seahawks, not historically, but definitely this season. There's going to be a ton of rain. 49ers are at home. I like the 49ers on the money line. And then I'm parlaying it with the Bills on the money line. With DeMar Hamlin possibly being in the stadium, even if he's not, the Bills are going to play with their heads on fire. And I just don't see Skylar Thompson winning this game. It's very simple. So are you sure? I'm sure. So I'm parlaying these two picks. But then what I'm also pairing it with is interesting because if you parlay those two, it's minus 294 on FanDuel. 
That's not great value, but you know what is great value and makes it plus 156 is the over 48 in Vikings versus Giants. And this was a play that I already really liked, but there's a reason why I even like it more. First, we can talk about why I like the over in a little bit, but this game is after the Bills and the 49ers game. So the 49ers play on Saturday, the Bills play on Sunday. Uh, but it's the first game on Sunday. So if those two teams win, and for some reason I get spooked off the over or something, you can hedge out of it and automatically make money. You could throw then a unit on that under, and then you already have a unit on the parlay. So you'd have a plus 156 versus a minus 110, and if you just middle that, you can make money. What, what are you nodding your head at? I'm nodding at not hedging out. Yeah, I don't, I don't think of, I'm going to hedge out. I don't hedge out of my parlays most of the time. I'm just saying that's why I like this parlay so much. Because for some reason, if I don't like the over anymore, which I don't think I'm going to, there is that opportunity if the Bills and the 49ers both win these two games, which I think they will. Yeah. Then this is why I like the over. If we're looking at adjusted weighted DVOA. So weighted DVOA. As we know, DVOA is one of the best stats that we have in football. It, it rates these defenses and offenses. But weighted DVOA takes your last couple weeks more into account than the previous you know, five, six weeks because obviously teams change. In terms of weighted DVOA, the New York Giants ranked 29th and the Minnesota Vikings ranked 28th. Now, the Giants have had some turnovers here, you know, especially with Kayvon Thibodeau. He's been a beast on the defensive line. I actually like the turnover possibility in this game. But even if they aren't creating turnovers, we should see Kirk Cousins be able to drive the ball down the field. The Giants are one of football's worst teams against number one wide receivers. They actually rank... 30th against number one wide receivers. We know that Kirk Cousins is going to get the ball to Justin Jefferson. His props are really high for a reason. Seven receptions, 95 and a half yards. I'm not saying take is over, but he should have a great game. But also, the Giants are really bad against tight end. They're bottom five in the NFL in terms of DVO against tight ends. TJ Hawkinson, you know, the Vikings should be able to move the ball that way. The Giants are actually good against the number two wide receivers, but that's Adam Thielen in this matchup. They also aren't very good against the run. Dalvin Cook should be able to move the ball too. But at the same time, I love Daniel Jones on the road. I love the way that they were able to move the ball against the Vikings. And the Vikings defense is worse than the Giants. Like the Vikings defense, I ran you through all those numbers. It is worse than the Giants. So I think this is going to be an overall shootout. I like the move from 47 to 48, even though on DraftKings um, and their betting data, which you can find on VEASAN right now, only 40% of bets, 45% of the handle is on the over and the 60% of bets and 55% of the money is on the under 48. But we've seen this line move from 47 to 48. So I really, really do like this over in this Vikings versus Giants. I think both teams will move the ball and the last team to have the ball kind of similar to Jaguars versus Chargers wins the game on a game-winning field goal, I think it could actually push the 27-24 to 24 line that we saw that ended in 51 points. I think it could actually go over that. So I'm parlaying that with the Bills' money line and the 49ers' money line to give me plus 156. Tell me how that doesn't work out. 
Yeah, I like it, Pete. I mean, you referenced the VSIN splits, um, and I think the picket splits are are even better in your favor right now. Forty nine percent of bets are on that over, but fifty nine percent of the money is on that over, which at this point in the week is a really good split. Like, I wouldn't say that's you know, there's so much money on the over. I think that's right where you want to be. Um, and like I said before, I like this over as well. I think there's gonna be a lot of points scored in this game. Um, yeah, both teams don't have great defenses good offenses perfect so right now i have the ravens plus the nine and a half plus nine i'm gonna go back and i'm gonna look and i'm gonna rebet it um and then i'm also on a parlay which is plus 156 which is the bills money line the niners money line and parlaying it with the over 48 in giants versus vikings do you have a third pick before we get to props yeah i have a i I do want to run through one line with you live on the show as well before we get into my last pick because this might be a pick of mine um it's this bill spread and it's it moved from minus nine and a half to minus 13 um and i in my mind i just how are the dolphins going to score in this game right the the bills the bills protect against the run pretty well um, I don't think that the Dolphins are going to have Skylar Thompson throw 30 times. He might throw 30 times, but is he going to do well in that 30, 30 attempts? No, probably not. Um, and we've seen the Bills put up over 30 points against this Dolphins defense, which has not performed well down the stretch. Like, how is this game not 30 to 13? Yeah, I know. I agree with you. I lean towards the 49er spread and the Bill spread. Like, no doubt about it. I'm not just taking the money line because I'm, you know, scared of the spread and I actually like the Seahawks or I like the Dolphins. I think that both of these two teams roll. And I would lean towards the spreads, but especially in that Bills versus Dolphins game, because yeah. we will see a lot of rain in 49ers versus Seahawks. You have the historical dominance by Pete Carroll in the playoffs and Shanahan normally big numbers at home doesn't always cover these. But I definitely lean towards the Bills because the Bills are going to play with their heads on fire. Like I said that at the beginning and their defense matches up so well. Jalen Waddle is banged up. Dolphins got offensive line issues like this is the worst team in the playoffs right now by a country mile i'd say i would pick the giants i'd pick the vikings like this dolphins team is as low as possible but again this line is just so so inflated now that maybe you're getting some value on the dolphins Ooh. but i think the i think the bills could win this game by 20 that i'm being spooked by it because to me the line should be more like 16 like 15 and a half or 16 and the public and why is, is it not the moving the public is all over the I bills too. plus we saw 13 and a half come back down to 13 there are some folks out there who see divisional unders like this and they're probably sharper groups and just bet the dolphins and they might lose the game because i don't think it could be as public as possible i just don't see the dolphins winning like Josh Allen isn't going to lose this game, but that's why I'm just staying away from the spread. I'm not yeah. worrying about it. Just give me them to win. Give me the 49ers to win. And then I'll deal with my over later, but I'm definitely leaning with you with the bills. No doubt about yeah. it. I like the under as well. I think the under is a, is a, is a divisional under. It's, yeah. a, it's, just, it's, it's a, a good, good, I don't know. It's tough. It's tough. I mean, my official pick. Okay. Let's move back to that Seahawks 49ers game for a second. Um, and I do want to bring up how well Brock Purdy has played football. And I did put two futures bets down for the playoffs. I bet 49ers to win the Super Bowl at plus 550. And I also bet the Bengals to win the Super Bowl at plus 750. This is purely value-based um, teams that I think have a chance 
to win the Super Bowl if one of these one seeds loses. But Brock Purdy has been a hell of a quarterback, Pete. He yeah. ranks if if he had a full, you know, sample size, which he's played nine games. It's a pretty big sample at this point. Um, he would rank fifth in QBR right now behind Mahomes, Josh Allen, Tua, and Jalen Hurts. I mean, that is a list. That is a serious list. And Jared Goff is is currently fifth. He would move a ho- above Jared Goff if you can believe it. But I I looked at this total at first. It's set at 42 and a half. And I'm honestly shocked because I thought it would be more like 44, 45, right? My immediate mind went to this is going over. Um and I was doing my research with in mind, all right, like I'm going to try to support this over. And the more and more I look into it, I don't know how the Seahawks team is going to, to fare against the 49ers. Geno Smith has not played well against the 49ers this season. The last time he played against them, he threw for 238 yards and a touchdown. They scored 13 points in that game. Earlier in the year, this is week two, they scored seven points. He threw an interception, no touchdowns, 197 yards. Right, the 49ers have had Geno Smith's number. They stopped the run extremely well. I don't think Kenneth Walker is going to be able to to shine on on this day. And and the weather doesn't look good as well. It's supposed to be rainy. Um, and so the only the only thing that is telling me not to take this is that the team total for the Seahawks right now is sitting at 15 and a half, and that's the same team total that the Raiders had, Jared Stidham, when we took the under 49ers Raiders under 40 and a half or whatever it was. But I think I can't let that get in my head and I'm going to go under 42 and a half here. Yeah. Um. So the 49ers defense, and this is why I like the 49ers to win this game so much is they match up so incredibly well against the Seahawks and what they want to do. The Seahawks, they make their money on the ground with Kenneth Walker. The 49ers rank first in a, in weighted DVOA against running backs. Number one, Ravens are number two. They are number one against running backs in terms of against in DVOA against number one wide receivers they rank fourth DK Metcalf expect a ton of pressure against number two wide receivers so this is where potentially a guy like Tyler Lockett could do well because they rank 18th but Geno Smith also likes to pass it down to his tight ends and the 49ers are again close to the top 10 against them so everything that Geno wants to do He's going to be doing it in the rain, on the road, no 12th man, and he won't be able to establish the run. I don't know how the Seahawks put up points. Like, maybe they score 17, and this game ends 24-17, and it goes under. So I understand where you're at about the Seahawks. Maybe there's a turnover there from Brock Purdy. Maybe he makes his first mistake and then that's how the Seahawks get a touchdown. But in reality, the offense scores 10 points, which could happen. It's Brock Purdy's first game in the rain where the Seahawks can generate turnovers in their secondary, at least. Like, maybe that's how it happens. But I agree with you. Like, I don't think that the 49ers are going to light it up. I think they're going to run the ball a ton. Elijah Mitchell is back. Christian McCaffrey, they're going to keep the ball on the ground. Debo is back, so that he's going to be out of the backfield. I don't think there's going to be a lot of long passes, especially because Seattle, they struggle a ton with short passes. That's where Brock Purdy makes his money. So the 49ers are going to be able to move the ball, but I don't think they just run up and down the field like they have against the Cardinals in good weather, right? 
So I, 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 I'm not going to have a pick on the total, but I just don't see the Seahawks scoring. Like, I don't know how the Seahawks are going to score. Yeah. It's one for me where I really tried to make a case for both sides. And like, I really tried to make a case for this going over and I just cannot do it. And there's more money on this over right now. So there you go. Those are the picks. I'm on the Ravens plus the nine and a half. And I have a parlay, which is plus 156 with the Bills, the 49ers, both on the money line, and the over 48 in Giants versus Vikings with the possibility of hedging because that Giants-Vikings game is the last game of the Bills and the 49ers. And you are on? I am on that Seahawks 49ers under 42 and a half, as I just said. I'm on the Giants plus the three as well as the money line. I'm going to double up there. And then I'm also on Jaguars money line. There you go. Now, prop talk. And then, of course, we'll get to our NFL playoff bracket at the very end. My first prop, you mentioned it. So the Chargers, here's what I've found, and here's what I've been able to play a lot this year. It is pass-catching running backs against the Los Angeles Chargers. The Los Angeles Chargers have allowed 911 receiving yards to running backs this year. That is number one over the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, who have allowed 831. If we're looking at receptions, the Chargers have allowed 140 receptions to pass-catching running backs this season compared to the Bucs at 128. They average 6.5 yards per catch. Jamichael Hasty has been heavily used in the passing game lately because we've seen Travis Etienne. We've been watching a lot of Chargers games, Colby. How many times does Travis Etienne limp off the field and Jermichael Hasty then comes into the game? A lot. Also with Trevor Lawrence and how good this Chargers secondary has been lately, they know that they can beat them there. Doug Peterson is a good coach. He's not going to force Trevor Lawrence in his first playoff game to just continue to chuck the ball down the field. If I can get two receptions from Jermichael Hasty, which he has gotten in two of his last three games, he can get to this number. That's 13 if he gets two receptions, which he's been able to get. He's at 10 and a half receiving yards. I love his over. I like Travis Etienne too, but the problem with Etienne is he keeps limping off the field, and I think they're going to use more of him in the running game. His carries are pretty high, that 16 and a half number that I always like to bet, but of course that's not available on prize picks right now. But Jermichael Hasty over 10 and a half receiving yards. Also, his total yards, 23 and a half. So there's a give there, whether it be rushing or whether it be receiving. And Jermichael Hasty has been, use, been used more in the passing game. Give me his over 10 and a half receiving yards. What do you think about that one? That's interesting, man. That's a that's a very uh deep cut. Jermichael Hasty is in my opinion, a, a very good backup running back. I liked him when he was with the 49ers, and I'm glad that the Jaguars picked him up because he's a, he's a very skilled player. Um, he has a lot of burst, and I agree. I think this is going to be a high-scoring game, so I like it anyways. Let's go. Jermichael Hasty over 10.5 receiving yards. What's your first prop? All right, I'm going for – I have a very square play, and then I have a deeper cut. Um, give me so the deeper me, cut first because I have – Opposite of square, but it's a big time player. <laughs> okay. Um, I am going Colby Parkinson. I have him less than 18 and a half receiving yards. Um, this is another pick that I saw him on the board and I looked and I went, wow, 18 and a half receiving yards. That's pretty low. I'm going to look into the over because I kind of like the over like immediately. 
looked into it, right? 49ers are very good against tight ends. Very, very good against tight ends. Um, Parkinson has not been getting targeted. He's been lucky in the targets that he's received because he's getting like these long 25, 30 yard receptions. I just don't see that happening in this game. I think this total is pretty low for a reason. They also have no fan, right? So he might not even draw all the tight end throws in this game. Um, so I'm going Colby Parkinson less than 18 and a half receiving yards. I got to say, I do like that one. That makes sense. Because like we said, we're at the beginning. What does Gino want to do? He wants to move the ball to tight ends. And especially with these um, 49ers linebackers all healthy, they can cover anybody. And if they get the ball to no offense, great. But are they going to get it to their second string tight end? He's been getting lucky by his targets. You got to love Parkinson under 18 and a half receiving yards. So my second pick, um, I said this at the beginning of why I think the Ravens can stop the Bengals. And that's especially on the ground. And with T Higgins banged up, of course, I like the Ravens to cover. And I think they keep this game close. So I don't think that we're going to see Joe Mixon get a ton of carries in garbage time. I'm going Joe Mixon under 82 and a half total yards receiving and rushing. So in his last game against the Ravens, which we just saw, he only had 11 carries for 27 yards. And the Bengals won that game 27 to 16. So I don't think Zach Taylor and the coaching staff is looking, all right, to win this game, we have to get Joe Mixon involved when we know that by weighted DVOA, this Ravens rush defense is second in the NFL, especially since they've gotten Roquan Smith. So there's a winning formula here without giving Joe Mixon a lot of touches. And he went over this. He had 88 total yards in this game in back in week three against the Ravens. This Ravens defense has gotten much better since then. And he had 88. So I think the, with Roquan Smith back, this number is a bit too inflated. And I think he ends up going under now receiving yards. He could possibly get this, but he hasn't been that great of a receiving back against the Baltimore Ravens, especially in his last game. He had three catches for 10 yards. He's been using as a pass catcher, but these Ravens linebackers are as good as it gets. So I think that under 82 and a half with the peak against the worst Ravens defense being 88 and a half with how much better this team has gotten, I think they've done enough to make this go under 82 and a half, especially with how I think the game is going to go. Then I don't think, again, they're just going to give Joe Mixon the ball in garbage time because I think the Ravens keep this one close. What are your thoughts on that one? My record betting Joe Mixon over receiving yards, betting him over rushing yards, betting him over receiving and rushing yards, betting him over a touchdown. I think I am 0-10. I don't think I've ever won a Joe Mixon prop in my life when betting and over. So, yeah, it's it's a sexy player, and I think people are going to look at the Bengals' offensive line issues this week and think, you know what, well, Joe Burrow's going to have to check down. But I think even if he checks down, like you said, these linebackers are going to be right there in the backfield to, to tackle him in the backfield. I don't think there's going to be much room for him. Yeah, I wanted to give that point to you because, you know, you've been telling me all week about the Bengals offensive line issues. That just, again, that helps our cause. Like there's going to be a lot of tackles for loss with Joe Mixon in the backfield, I think, that are just clock draining plays. And that's why this game probably ends up going under and the underdog in a divisional game when the under is probably a good play. That just feels like Joe Mixon is not going to have a great game here. And this line was at 85 and a half earlier in the week, and it's gone down to 82 and a half. And I grabbed 82 and a half. It could continue to go lower. We don't necessarily know. So I'm on definitely on Joe Mixon under 82 and a half, and I'm pairing it with Jamichael Hasty over 10 and a half receiving yards. 
putting them together for 0.6 units. Normally it's 0.5, but I feel a little bit better about this one. So I'm going those two together and your second prop before we get to our playoff bracket. Yep, yep, yep. All right. I have very square play that I'm absolutely in love with. Welcome to the Saquon Barkley game. Yep. He's coming off of a rest week. He got a bye week. He didn't play in week 18 against the Eagles. And he only carried the ball 12 times against the Colts in that 38-10 to 10 win. So he's very, very fresh. And the two games before that, though, he played the Vikings in week seven or week 16. 14 carries for 84 yards. The week before that, 18 carries for 87 yards. I am going over his rush total of 73 and a half. And I don't think I really need to explain. Like, I, I think it's really that he's going to be fresh. He was injured in the middle of the season. He came back and he's looked like he has his old burst back. And I think that the Giants are are going to run the ball a good amount in this game. Yeah. I mean, it's hard. It's really hard not to like that one. Um, if we're looking at just by just a couple stats to kind of help you out here. Um, by rushing DVOA, the Minnesota Vikings ranked 19th. Um, but lately their defense has only gotten worse and it's been getting worse as the season goes along. So I would put that number closer to like 22, 23 arrested Saquon when you have Daniel Jones opening up play action for him too. So it's not like the Vikings can just stack the box here because Daniel Jones is going to be able to move the ball, which actually helps Saquon Barkley in this matchup. So it's hard not to like his over rushing total, especially when we have arrested Saquon who's been banged up a little bit this year. And now he looks to be as healthy as possible at least i think so right dude he's looked really really great down the stretch there we go saquon barkley over 73 and a half and parkinson under 18 and a half the tight end for the seattle seahawks let's get into our nfl playoff bracket colby uh we can go through this moderately quickly because we've kind of talked about a lot of the opening games so we're probably on the same side uh for a lot of these but once we get into the championship rounds and then the Super Bowl, we might have some different opinions. So first, I think we're going to move the Bills ahead of the Dolphins. Is that fine? Yes. Yeah, I think that's okay. And I think we're going to move the Bengals ahead of the Ravens. Is that okay? Yes, yes. I think that's fair. Uh, but then we get to the Chargers versus the Jaguars. And this, of course, I have the Chargers. You have the Jaguars. So yep. we have to make a decision here. Um. The Chargers being favorites with that line moving up to two and a half. Do you think it's likely the Chargers could win this game by one and one or two and that the Jags could eventually lose this game? Or are you dead fast Jaguars? They're winning and we have to put this in because I think because the Chargers then play the Chiefs and we know how well the Chargers have been playing the Chiefs historically. Like I might have the Chargers moving on past the Chiefs, but we'll talk about it. I think both of these, the interesting thing, I, I think both of these teams are a bad matchup for the Chiefs because they both can score. Yeah. I mean, there's not many teams in this league that can keep up with Patrick Mahomes, and both of these teams can, right? Um, for me, like I said before in my my Jaguars, uh, you know, defense, I just trust Doug Peterson in this matchup over Brandon Staley, and that's kind of yeah. the tiebreaker for me. Um but like I said, it's very, very close. I think that's this is as much of a coin flip as any game on this slate. And I'm just chasing the value on that money line. Um, but I think the Chargers could absolutely win. Okay, so we'll go with the Chargers moving forward. 
now uh cowboys versus buccaneers um i think tom brady's gonna win i know you like the cowboys but we have to talk about it when it comes to this game uh we're again on opposite sides of this one um i think the dallas secondary especially lately uh against wide receivers has not been very good um i think 22 of their 24 touchdowns this season have been allowed to wide receivers Godwin and Mike Evans. You have Tom Brady, who's been there. We know the Cowboys, they can fold in these type of matchups. I do think that the Buccaneers end up winning this game. But of course, we'll have our Monday night football episode out where Colby and I will just break down that entire game in a 15-20 minute episode focusing on that Monday night football game. But right now for our NFL playoff bracket, we got to make a decision, Colby. I think the tie goes to the host of the show here. Um, so I'll let you put Brady the next round. But can you imagine how spicy it would be? to see Philadelphia versus Dallas in a playoff matchup. Yeah, absolutely. No, it definitely would. 49ers, I think we're going to move move on. I will be all over. I'm already all over the Cowboys minus two and a half on Monday night. So we'll talk about it. Uh, 49ers versus the Seattle Seahawks. I think we're going to move forward the 49ers and then Giants versus Vikings. I'm going to, you like Giants. You like the Giants. I'm willing to to see that for you. Vikings. Yeah. Giants move on past the Vikings. So then we have the Giants against the 49ers. I think we're going to go with the 49ers in that one. Yeah. And then it's Buccaneers versus Eagles. <laughs> the crazy thing is, I think both the Buccaneers and the Eagles, I mean, both the Buccaneers and the Cowboys could beat the Eagles. I know it's at home and the Eagles have been amazing all year, but doesn't it kind of seem like the Eagles have just been coasting by all year long and They've been struggling the lately? And Lane Johnson, like that offensive lineman, if he's not back for this game, like they are in trouble. He has been so impactful to this team, so impactful. And we have to be different. I like we have to be Bay different or Dallas, like well, whoever it is in this matchup. I think they can move past the Eagles. It's Tom Brady. I'm going to go with the Buccaneers going past the Eagles. So now it's 49ers versus Bucks. 49ers, I think, win this game. Yep. So the 49ers are coming out of the NFC in our playoff bracket. So now let's go back to the AFC. So we have the Bills facing the Bengals and the Chargers facing the Chiefs. We have to be different. Give me the Chargers over the Chiefs. Sure. Because I think that that spread is going to be closer than a lot of people think. I think it's going to be in the three range, three and a half. And we've seen the Chargers cover these lines, and it always comes down to who has the ball last. And the Chiefs could win this game. I know you're probably saying, well, it has to be the Chiefs. Well, not always does the NFL go exactly how we plan it. And I'm going to go with the Chargers. I think they ended up winning that game. But then Bills-Bengals. So I had the same matchup, and the Bills are one of my favorite picks. Now, it's obviously different when we get to the playoffs. Do you like the Bills or the Bengals? I'm going to kind of... What do you think? Because I think the Bills. It's so close. Um, I have my future on the Bengals because I think the Bengals can truly win this game. Um, but it it really is two of the the best quarterbacks in the league. And who has home the the Bills have home field? Bills will have home field. Yeah, I think I got to go Bills just because of the home field. I agree. I think the Bengals could win at home. Like, that's how close I think it would be. So we have the Bills against the Chargers. Bills. Bills? Bills. Bills? Bills. Bills. I don't even know if that game is is close. All right, we'll go with the Bills. So it's Bills versus 49ers. Give me 
Ah, oh, it's Brock Purdy. <laughs> it can't be uh, Brock, it's Brock Purdy. It's Josh Allen. That uh, would be a, that would be a really good matchup. I I does does Josh Allen get his ring or does Brock Purdy as a rookie get a ring? When's the last rookie to win the Super Bowl? Look that up. Question. While you think know. about it, um, the way I see this game ending up is. I think that the 49ers just have so many weapons that they can get away with Brock Purdy throwing the ball 20 times and still putting up points. And I'm not so sure that the Bills are going to be able to dominate this 49ers defense. Like defense wins championships. We saw like an aging Peyton Manning win one with the Broncos. Like this is how good that 49ers um, I know we're comparing Peyton Manning and Brock Purdy, but at that point of his career, Peyton Manning wasn't the quarterback that we all know and love that he was on the Colts. And Brock Purdy, he's not making mistakes. Like, this could be one of those things where is Brock Purdy that much worse than a Jimmy Garoppolo? And if Jimmy Garoppolo was playing quarterback for the 49ers, he's better. He's we'd better think than Jimmy that, G. Yeah, I mean, by the numbers he is, but it's, it's of course, Jimmy no, he's G. Genuinely, he's genuinely better than Jimmy G right now. No, exactly. I'm so That's confident. What I'm, I'm so That's confident what I'm in that, yeah. 49ers over the Bills. What do you think? Okay, well, I'm going to say Bills, and here's the data to back it up. In NFL history, no rookie quarterback has ever won a Super Bowl. In fact, no rookie quarterback has ever made a Super Bowl. There have been two starters, two first-year starters that have won Super Bowls, though, Tom Brady and Kurt Warner. What a story would be for Mr. Irrelevant to win the Super Bowl over Josh Allen. Because the Bills, I'm sorry, Bills fans, but chokers. They are chokers. Yeah, let's go Brock Purdy. Let's be Brock different. Brock Purdy and the 49ers win the Super Bowl. That'll do it for this episode of Not Gambling Advice Wild Card Weekend. Um, if you missed anything in the episode, obviously you can listen back or make sure to follow us on Picket, the Picket Sports app. It is in the episode description. It's also, we're live on TikTok right now. It is in our TikTok bio. The app is completely free to download. Follow us on Picket. Our usernames are the same as our Twitter. And... Um, also make sure to download prize picks in order to play the props. Um, you can find those in our picket sports apps. All those are synced as well, but we have to remember that none of this was gambling posts.